Now, the trouble that was developing, swirling in the air, would later be called both good news and bad news. The tornado last week that hit in a small village in in Michigan left a 10-mile path of destruction, very familiar to what tornadoes would do, flattening houses and some businesses, messing up lives completely. That, you would say, and obviously conclude, was the bad news. Also, though, what we understood about this great storm that was brewing up is that it moved very slowly. Now, that meant that the people had to endure about 30 minutes worth of this tornado. Imagine being stuck in a basement somewhere for 30 minutes, listening to doors fly into walls, the shattering of windows, rumbling up there. You have no idea what's going on for 30 minutes. But since the storm went by so slowly, it gave people enough time to find shelter. So that even amidst all the destruction that the people saw, no one lost their life. That's the good news. Now, after one of these kinds of events, when the cameras come out, I never really know if the cameras go searching for these kinds of people or these kinds of interviews, or maybe whether these interviews just represent some of the only ways that we respond to uh, tragedies and events like this. Maybe you've noticed, sometimes the camera's rolling, there's always one of three people at least that get interviewed. There's always the person who is just devastated. That maybe they stand there in front of the ruins of their home and they can't even muster up words to say. All they can do is just bawl, just cry. Because, look, this is everything they had. And now it's gone. Or maybe you've seen the people who just seem to be shocked. They're, They're there in front of it, but you can tell that it hasn't sunk in yet. They're just there. They don't know what to say either because they can't really process everything that's gone on so far. They're just kind of in shock. And there also always seems to be at least one person who's able to say, well, all we can do is rebuild. I'm at least thankful that I have my life and that I have my family. So as I was thinking about that last week and we were coming into reading Psalm 107, the question popped into my mind, how is it that we respond when Trouble comes. I'm sure many of us can relate to any one of those three kinds of experience. We've probably faced our own trouble, haven't we? And it surely looks like the psalmist recognized them as well. But how is it that you respond to trouble? Maybe you're thinking, well, it depends on what kind of trouble it is. Tornadoes aren't the only trouble We have to deal with, aren't they? Trouble comes in the form of sickness. Trouble can come in the form of uh, losing a job or financial despair. Trouble can come in the form of these strong feelings that we battle in ourselves and things going on around us. Trouble can come in all fashions, can't it? Or maybe it depends on how much trouble you've already had to deal with. That will dictate how you will respond to the trouble you're facing now. Well, this morning, I want to talk about trouble. And I'm not talking about any one of you. 
I couldn't pass that one up, y'all. But I want to talk about trouble. And there's two things I want to probably remind you about trouble. Now, Mary, I see you smiling back there, but you got to realize this. When the, when the acolytes were coming in at first and I said, I asked you the question, what do you do when trouble comes? Guess who walked in the door? things I want to tell you about trouble. Maybe for the first time you're going to hear these two things. Maybe you're just going to be reminded. But I think you need to know these two things about trouble. The first thing you need to understand about trouble is that trouble is a coming. I know we're supposed to come to church to get uplifted, right? And encouraged, right? Yeah, and so to hear your big head preacher say troubles are coming, you're thinking, oh man, what does he know that I don't know? Nothing, really. But sometimes, many times, I have heard our faith portrayed as some kind of trouble repellent. That our faith creates this sort of trouble bubble, right? That trouble can't touch us. That trouble, bring it on, trouble, and I'll just die you right here. It's not true. Think about many of you people, many of you that I would consider spiritual heroes. And I know some of the trouble that you have faced. See, sometimes you've got to realize it's not just a different opinion sometimes that people have. Realize sometimes when people are trying to tell us that our faith is some kind of big trouble bubble. One, I think it's unfaithful to say that. And two, I think, and, and forgive me if, if I'm judging or if I'm wrong, I think it's kind of manipulative as well. Our faith does not keep us away from trouble. Think about all those great promises of God that you've heard of. What are the point of those promises of God if trouble isn't a coming? seems to me that all those promises of God that we hold on to, that we memorize, that we love, and that we need to hear over and over remind us that, you know what, trouble is a coming. And so when trouble comes, I've got something else to hold on to. So that when trouble comes, I don't have to feel like I've just been totally defeated. So that when trouble comes, I don't have to feel hopeless, that God's already got it in plan. Trouble's coming. But it's not all that's there. Now I want you to take a look at this mug real quick. You see it? The next time trouble comes, I want you to remember this big head telling you right now that just because trouble came, doesn't mean you are any less faithful. Doesn't mean you are any less loved by God. Doesn't mean you are any further away from God. A lot of times, trouble is just a reminder that we've still got air in our lungs. Remember that. Trouble comes to all of us. Think of Jesus author and finisher of our faith. 
Trouble came to him in a very real way. And friends, you and I need to realize that trouble will come to us as well. Now, Psalm 107 paints an illustration of troubles of all kind, I think. And I think that as our Hebrew sisters and brothers probably read this on their way to Jerusalem for some great feast, they were reminded of the very real trouble they once experienced. Them, uh, their family, their, their, their mothers and their grandfathers, when they were sent out from their home. Maybe you remember the story of the exile. They were taken away from their homeland. Some were taken to the north and to the south. Some were taken to the east and to the west. But they were spread out all over. To be sure, I want to remind you and tell you, I've just told you right now, just because trouble comes doesn't mean you're any less faithful. But sometimes we realize that trouble doesn't always come looking for us, does it? Sometimes we go looking for trouble, don't we? Now, when you go looking for trouble and you find it, don't blame God. See, and I think the people would have understood that. Because later on, they understood that the reason why they were separated and spread out, taken from their homeland, was because they had continually turned their back on God. They had worried too much about themselves to the exclusion of people around them. They were too worried, too caught up in what was important to them to really care about what was important to God. And little by little, turned themselves away from God until eventually they found trouble. So sometimes we go looking for trouble and we shouldn't be surprised when we find it. Some of these people sent out, some of them were sent to prison, suffered in prison. Some of them were sent to the desert and had to figure out how to live in the desert with no family, no home. Some of them were sick. Some of them were even sailors and had to endure the hardship of the great waters. But what we realized, they were all sent out in different ways and they all found all kind of different troubles. But then, something happened. One of these interviews that I heard from some of the tornado victims, one lady was saying how her experience was. She was recalling being stuck in the basement, listening to all those sounds, not exactly sure what was going on and how to her in the moment it seemed to go by so fast. So fast, in fact, there was no time even to pray, she said. God help us. If there is never time enough to pray. But friends, the good news is there is always time. See, what you need to know about trouble is that one, it's a coming. And two, when it comes and when we cry out to God in our trouble, God hears us. God hears hears us. See, these people had been taken in all directions, but then they cried out to God and God heard. Now, I don't know how loudly or how softly they were crying out to God. I don't know for how long they had been crying out to God. 
All the psalmist tells us is that they cried out to God and God heard them. What I do understand about that crying out to God, it wasn't some faint little prayer. God help me. Sometimes we run the risk of doing that. We have everything going on and, oh God, help me please. And then we just kind of carry on with our day. But it seems to be that this crying out to God was a, a deep prayer that told God, I am nothing without you. I have nothing without you. And God heard that cry. Sisters and brothers, God hears us when we cry out. So I don't know what trouble has come your way. Or I don't know what trouble you went out and found. But I do know that God hears us in our trouble. And so I have to ask the question, have you cried out to God? Have you told God that you are nothing without God? You have nothing without God. Have you told God how much it is You depend on God. Have you cried out because, friends, God hears us when we cry out? And what we realize is God only hears us because God loves us. In fact, the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures Forever. Now, if God didn't love us, God wouldn't care if we were crying out, yelling out, doing anything else. You'd be on your own. You're just getting what you deserve. But the love of God says, I hear you when you cry out. And realize this, that the psalmist could only say that because he had learned it to be true. He saw it as the people were gathered back in from the north and from the south and east and west. He saw it as God was redeeming people. He saw it as he heard about the stories of the people that cried out to God. And so did the people. They could say it because they learned it to be true. And since they knew it to be true, the psalmist then said, say so. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. See, sometimes, you notice, sometimes there's billboards, or sometimes there's advertisement on buses, or sometimes people just have things to say, and you think, they're saying something against God. Get all, we get all huffy and puffy. Don't get mad at them. Understand, they don't know God's love the way we do. They haven't experienced the love of God the way we do. What else would you expect from somebody who hasn't experienced the love of God? One day we've been told that every knee will bow 
And every tongue will have to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. But until that day, friends, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't get mad because of what other people are saying about a God they don't believe in, or a God that they don't love. You say what God has done for you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You ever been in trouble? Let's see some hands. You ever been in trouble? You ever been redeemed? You ever said so? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, but wait, before we do that, we're supposed to do something else first. How many of you been redeemed? Have you thanked God? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Then let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You have to understand, sisters and brothers, that our life as God's people has to be a life of thanksgiving. We do need to get up every day and say, thank you, God, that I am even up. Thank you, God, that I do have family, that I do have what I need. Thank you, God, for what it is you are giving giving to me. And then let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So let me ask you this then. How are you going to thank God? For God so loved the world that he... Yeah, and I I like to say that for God so loved the world that he did something. How are you going to thank God? So, friends, one, trouble is a coming. But two, the good news is that when trouble comes and we cry out, God hears us. So we need to pray. Because trouble can always find us. But when trouble comes, we want to be ready. Our faith needs to be ready. And if you want your faith to be ready more and more, I want you to pray with me then. Oh God, we are thankful to you that you loved us enough to send us your son. Help us, God, to know that you hear us then when we cry out to you because you love us so much. Help us to trust that you are there and to find strength and hope that indeed you do hear us. God, and teach us then how we can live a life that is thankful for the love that you give to us. In Jesus' name, we all pray together. Amen.